Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 58, air date September 14th, 2015. Mr. Rakhor Dharam Singh for the motion. 
to stand judge of this clash of titles. We have with us the academic giants, Dr. Professor R.S. Dayak, Director of International Horticulture Training Center, Jaipur, and Scholar of Agricultural Sciences, Sri Mukesh Gupta, Executive Director of Murarka Foundation, who has spearheaded the cause of organic food in the country, Mr. Pratim Tamboli, Facility Director, Process Healthcare, and Colonel Subhash Bhargava. We also welcome Dr. V. Shiva Ayaguri, a world-renowned system scientist, inventor, and entrepreneur. To make this event purposeful, we now request Dr. V. Shiva Ayaguri to enlighten us with his inevitable thoughts. I want to thank uh, Ahuja Foundation, Hema Yadev, the Deputy Director and the Director of NIAMS, and obviously the judges for taking their time to come here. But more importantly, all of you for participating here today um, and the debaters. Look, uh, India has been at the forefront of agriculture for 5,000 years, when you think about it. For 5,000 years, uh, India has been doing agriculture. So agriculture to the Indian uh, lineage or the Indian genetic origin is, is very, very old. But more importantly, when you think about the discussion we're going to have today, it's a historic one. Because this debate is not only a debate that's going to take, that is taking place here, but it's a debate that's been going on probably for the last three decades. We all know that genetic engineering, like the splitting of the atom, is a pretty phenomenal human achievement. There's no denying that. And let me just talk about what we mean in this debate, first of all, by genetic engineering, uh, or GMOs, just to be specific in the context of the debate. When we talk about GMOs, and the debaters need to be clear about this, we're talking about the asexual genetic engineering of plants done by humans. Okay, that's what we mean by GMOs. We don't want to confuse it as it's been confused sometimes to just general genetic modification. Because every moment our genes are being modified right now. Right? Plant breeding modifies genes. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the asexual genetic engineering of plants done by humans. Just to put this in context. Agree? That's what we mean by GMOs. Now why is this debate important? Because when you look at it worldwide, um, there's a, a huge issue around this because when genetic engineering came, there's obviously many, many different uses of it. People are looking at it for human health. Um, but when it comes to agricultural health, it not only affects human health, but it affects the entire food supply. And in India, this is even more important because nearly 65%, 70% of India is agrarian. We're still small farms. We're not huge factory-run farms. And over the last 10 years, it's in my opinion, India has an opportunity to actually lead the debate. And the reason I say that is because in those last 10 years, given all the changes that have been going on in other countries, Indian scientists have actually been very prudent on this matter. We've been taking it step by step by step. Um, even though there's different pressures on both sides, Indian scientists have been very prudent. And I want to applaud India for that. So India has an opportunity to actually lead this debate. So, you know, uh, Hema Yadav, who's the deputy director of her leadership, Abuja Foundation, by bringing this together, this is not just about GMOs, but it's also about India bringing its knowledge of 5,000 years, its rich history of agriculture, commitment to health, sustainability, 
You know, India, I don't know if you know, exports now yoga. 20 million people do yoga in the United States. Right? So India has an opportunity to bring its ideas. So part of this debate, as you're judging it, as the judges see it, I think we need to see it in this larger context. So let me, uh, uh, now three main issues that will obviously come out of this debate that I think as the judges and everyone's looking at it are labeling. Labeling has been a big issue in the world. 64 countries are for labeling, including India, and other countries are still trying to figure it out. In the United States, there's frankly a big debate on labeling. The second issue is safety. Right? So the big question about the safety uh, issues. And then the third is the need. Do we need GMOs or do we not need GMOs? So when you're when we're discussing this, I mean there's obviously many other issues I think you've just you'll discuss, but labeling, which means the right to know what's in your food. Second is safety, and the third is do we need GMOs or do we not need GMOs? As an aside, this is being videotaped, and this will, I assume, going to go up on YouTube. And right now, if you look at what's going on overseas, uh, there's a huge debate on this now, on labeling itself. So what we do here, think about what you're going to do is actually going to affect the world. So it's a, it's a historic opportunity for you as students to have the leadership of this institute actually support this. So it's, very, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity for you guys to take advantage of it. Each team is going to rotate. So the pro team, four team, will come up and they'll have five minutes, up to five minutes, and I'll be timing. At five minutes, you will get cut, and you'll have to step off the stage, so mind your time. So you'll present why you think GMOs are good, the four team. The against team will present why they think GMOs are not good. Okay, so you'll have five minutes, and then we'll repeat that two more times. Is that clear? Okay, so that's called your position statement. Now you can repeat it. If you say the same things, that's okay. After you're done, the uh, four team, each person should send one of their team representatives will come and have one question from the against team to them. So all the four people will go, but you should send one member from each of your three teams. Is that clear? And that person will be asked one question and they'll have three minutes to answer that question, okay? Is that clear? And then after you're done, you'll leave the stage, the next four person comes and get another question. So basically we want to make sure that each of them, one, one representative for each four team has a four question, then we'll repeat that with the other team on the against side, okay? So that'll be called the first rebuttal, and we'll repeat that for the second rebuttal. So you want to be ready, you want to be able to come on stage quickly, you want to keep this moving. After that, if we want, I've opened this up where three questions can come from the audience. We'll bring up the four people again, each person. The audience can ask them one question. And then the against people will do the same. If there's not um, uh, questions, so you should think about the audience, the debaters, not the judges, to write down some questions, okay? So this is audience participation. This is not just the judges participating, not just me, but you also should be participating. You're not just here looking, but you want to come up with questions. And then we'll end with what are called closing statements, which means you have three teams, three teams. Obviously, we're not going to get closing statements from each team. Choose who you think is your best representative. They'll have three minutes and three minutes. But if you add it up, it comes out to exactly 90 minutes. All right? 
Uh, how are we storing this? Um, there are three possibilities, by the way. First of all, the, the teams are going to be scored from a debate standpoint and those some awards we're going to give out. Um, we have, uh, the, the judges are going to be scoring each team pro and con, which means they're going to have to do a total of six scores times four areas, which means 24 areas, which means presentation, scale of 0 to 10. So the first statement you give, you'll be judged on a scale of 0 to 10. Then the rebuttal one, how you answer your questions, that'll be from 0 to 10. Rebuttal two will be from 0 to 10. And then the audience question 0 to 10. So the potential score for any team is 40. High score or 0 on the low score. Is that clear? So there will be an award given for that. And the judges and us will huddle. Then we're going to come up with what the outcome of this debate is. The outcome could be not two possibilities, but three. One outcome is, yes, GMOs are good for India. Second outcome is GMOs are not good for India. And the third outcome, which is possible, that it's inconclusive, that perhaps more research needs to be done. And this is a rational scientific discourse. This is not about one side or another in a sense, but this is to really bring out the issues. Okay? So I'll be seated here, I'll be timing. So we want to start, I believe we're going to start, uh, typically you do a coin flip. That's what you typically do. So does one person want to set up one of their representatives? I'll do a point flip and you call the heads. We'll see who goes first. And very good morning to one and all brethren here. Respected chief guests, faculty members, the seniors, and my dear friends. I, Rajanubha Pujari, from National Institute of Agriculture Marketing, is here to present on the topic, Is GMO Good for India? We are against the motion that GMO is not good for India. The debate over the pros and cons of GMO has been like a hurricane since its implementation in 1996. The, despite what all the world believes, like World Health Organization, American, so, so American Medical Association, Green Space, Wildlife, World Wildlife Fund are saying, the first question that we, the people of India, should address that, do we need GMO? Last year, India recorded production of 263.3 million tons of food grains. We have around two and a half times the buffer stock required for India. Yes, I agree that there are around 200 million people in India who go hungry. But the problem does not lie with production. The problem mainly lies with the marketing facilities, distribution and storage. If technology would have been a solution for the problem of, for the problem of hunger, then green revolution would have done it a long time since back. But the problem here doesn't lie with the production in the first place. It lies with strengthening the effective marketing channels and the distribution network. So instead of diverting our resources in the uh, research of GMO, we should divert our financial resources in strengthening our marketing and distribution networks of our country. Then, yes, Golden Rice was an important scientific breakthrough in the field of genetically modified organisms. Yes, it is boasting an elevated level of vitamin A, which is not present in the traditional rice grown in our country. But can Golden Rice eliminate the problem of malnutrition and hunger in developing countries like India? No. And India is a country where, where around 2,000, 2 lakh marginal farmers are there. We can, uh, but people cannot buy the rice rotting in 
front of them. How can they buy golden rice which is very expensive and inaffordable to majority of the people? So, the GMO, the GMO doesn't solve the problem of neither hunger nor malnutrition. Now, coming to the issue of